All of you are blessed and that you are well rested, ready to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Welcome to this broadcast of Dynamic Love Ministries Web Church. We are about to just go right into John. And today I'm going to talk about a wonderful passage in John. And I'm going to teach you that you cannot be saved by how much you love your neighbor. Some might say, glory to God. <laughs> well, that is the truth. You cannot be saved by how much you love your neighbor. Neither can your neighbor save you. You need to understand that. Salvation is by Jesus Christ only. It's by grace through faith. That is how we receive salvation. And loving our neighbor is a result of the gospel. And something that comes forth in our lives on account of the goodness of God is not about your own works. And we've looked at the Bible and the, the love for our neighbor has been a big thing in the back of our minds. And I think a lot of us were condemned in our minds and I mean did you love your neighbor enough is are you good enough to your neighbor and so forth we're going to go into kind of detail about that and I'm going to explain to you what the passage means that says that we should love one another now before we get into any of that let us pray together <clears throat> father I want to thank you for your love and your grace I want to thank you that you speak powerfully through me today and everybody that watches this message or this broadcast or this later on when it's recorded, that they have open hearts to learn and to hear. And thank you, Lord, that my heart can be open today for you to show me the dimensions of your love. Thank you that you anoint my mind, my speech with your goodness and that everyone will just be blessed, that we can just say glory to God for what you've done in Jesus Christ. Amen. Right, uh, there's a passage in the Bible in John 13, verse 34, and I'm going to read it to you quickly. It says, and this passage is about loving your neighbor or loving other people. It says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. <clears throat> now, you know, when we read that passage, it sounds great that a new commandment, is given unto us now in the light of Jesus' death and resurrection and grace as a free gift and the love that God has for us. This comes as basically, well, okay, I now I need to love my neighbor. Everything was going well, and now this new commandment <clears throat> I must now go and love on people. I just had the salvation for free by Jesus Christ, I'm just saved by grace, and all of a sudden, this commandment slips in here and that I must uh, that we must go basically now and love one another and the way wherein we must love one another is that we need to lay down our life for one another as Jesus also laid down his life for us and that is basically what we need to do and that is difficult man laying down your life for your brethren as jesus laid down his life for us let us read that again it says a new commandment i give unto you that you love one another as i have loved you my goodness i mean it was all good and great in the old testament with the ten commandments you might think because this is now a new commandment and i need to love my neighbor as jesus have loved us now, I tell you, I don't feel in the mood to die for somebody right now. That is what you might say. Just plain honest. <laughs> this comes to my mind now. Imagine you now loving your neighbor. You need to lay down your life. You are very serious about uh, 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 voting and, and all those kind of things. And you are against abortion and all those kind of things you need to now lay down your life for joe biden i mean willing to die a new commandment i give unto you that you love one another as i've loved you how did jesus love us he was willing to die be buried and raised i mean that doesn't sound like good just give me the gospel of grace please help me lord <laughs> that is what we, I mean, that's how many of us feel. You will not confess to that, maybe. 
maybe there alone in your home, you might say, well, yeah, that is how I feel. But you're not going to say that to many people. But that might be the feeling that you have in your heart. Now, I've got good news for you. You are not saved by how much you love people. A sign of your salvation, that you've already received salvation, is that you will love people. It's not the other way around. Under the Old Testament, we had Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments was basically to believe in God and then act well towards the neighbor. That is what it was. And under the Old, we could get some right. But this commandment, this sounds really bad. I mean, this is the way we looked at these things. There was an old commandment, the Ten Commandments. Those Ten Commandments, they were, I mean, you can go and read in Exodus 20, all of that and how it works. And under that, some could be done. I mean, some of the Ten Commandments I can do. I don't murder. I don't steal from people I don't commit adultery so if you just look at those ones I believe in God I've got no false gods I don't worship some idol and that's what they would understand under that back then so some of it can be done but that is like uh, some can't be done so you're still disqualified but at least you are, you've got some points it's not a zero out of ten you can at least get a two twenty percent but then we find, okay, there's the Ten Commandments. Then we find the summary of the law, which is to love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. Now, okay, now, loving the neighbor as yourself, now I can maybe love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind. Yeah, I'm already heading towards a zero, man, to really getting that right. And now, the good news. There's a new commandment. We had the ten, we had the two, but now there's a new one. This new one is that, you love one another as Jesus loved us. How did he love us? He was willing to die for us. He was willing to be beaten for us. He was willing to be whipped. He was carrying our sins, carrying him. He was suffering for us. We must be willing to lay down our lives for one another. I mean, the Bible already says, husband, lay down your life for your wife. Love says here, husbands loves your wives as Christ loved the church in laying down his life for them for the church now husband love your wife i already sit with my wife struggling to lay down my life now the neighbor now the neighbor i mean if the neighbor is my brother it's okay but we've got some serious neighbors sometimes man what if your neighbor is a democrat <laughs> or the other way around what if it's a republican or even worse what if he's a non-voter doesn't believe in voting or what if he's a vegan? My goodness. <laughs> I need to lay down my life for my neighbor. I don't know about that. Jesus, let me just skip John 13. Because this, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have loved one for another, wherein I love the other the way Jesus loved me. Well, I'm not going to be seen as a disciple of Jesus ever. That's how some might feel when you read this passage. But I've got good news for you. This passage has got much more to do with Jewish racism uh, and the context of the Greeks getting saved and coming to Jesus and God opening salvation to all people groups than what it's got to do with all the things that I've just mentioned. Now, by this, I just want to say, I am not saying that we should not love our neighbor, and I'm not saying that we will not have love for each other. I'm not saying that we will not be generous. I'm not saying that, will, that there will not be great acts of kindness and care for the widow, the fatherless, the poor, and for our brethren. That is a fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says that is the fruit of the Spirit. But what I'm talking about is a new command. And in, you know, the way we talk about commandments is something you need to do in order to get something else that's a commandment commandment is god should you do it you'll be blessed should you not do it you'll be cursed so we find the ten commandments then we find the two commandments now we find this commandment and we connect it to a commandment with blessings and curses so what now i mean what's the sub what is your subconscious gonna say what is your 
inner man going to say if you hear that you need to love one another as Jesus loved you and you know you're not getting it right? You've got business decisions to take. You need to fire somebody. Now this verse comes to your mind. You can't even do business anymore. Cannot fire anybody. You need to lay down your life. You lay down your life into bankruptcy. You don't know how to you don't know how to live. And that is if you take this out of context. Okay, now I want to just quickly let us get to explaining this verse. When we look at John 13, we need to look at, at it in the context of what John is trying to communicate. And the true context of this starts in chapter 12. And I'm going to quickly see if I can um, get it for you there. You know, there was the um, triumphant entry. And then after the triumphant entry where he says, basically blesses he that comes in the name of the Lord and Jesus is kind of hailed as this is the one and prophecies are being fulfilled. Then the next thing happened and there were at this triumphant entry certain Greeks amongst them that came up to worship at the feast. So there were Greeks there and the focus John here is Greeks. So they would not, they would come to the feasts and they would basically just desire the Messiah of the Jews. Says, then came uh, the same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip comes and told Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip told Jesus. So this is what happens. Some Greek people come at the triumphant entry. Can we please? speak to Jesus because these Jews they didn't have dealings with people of other races man these were some and, and, and switch it off if you like but you have to face the truth these were some serious serious racists the Jews they thought God was only for them when a Greek wants to speak to Jesus, they come and they spoke to Philip. They look at who looks the friendliest here, speak to him. After that, he doesn't go to Jesus as if it's normal. No, no, no. He first goes to Andrew. He's, you know what? They want to, these guys want to speak to Jesus, man. We don't know if we can allow. It's almost like the, 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 the children that came and they wanted we can't let children come to Jesus. No, no, no. What about these folk? No, we're not going to do that. But then they felt, let us go and tell Jesus. And listen to what Jesus says. Amazing. And this is what John tries to say. Jesus answered them saying, he didn't even say bring them here. He answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Remember what the scripture says, that if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And I believe that lifted up means upon the cross, signifying what kind of death he would die, including his resurrection. Because then I will draw all unto me, the judgment of all the all people, as well as he will draw both Jew and Gentile unto the resurrected Jesus as the source of life for them. Okay. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Then it says, he that loves his life shall lose it. And he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor okay so what is jesus saying here he's saying listen greek people are coming to me let me just tell you jews something quickly here i want to tell you jews something quickly unless i die and i'm glorified i will remain alone but i'm gonna die and i'm gonna be raised and i will bear much fruit he who loves his life will lose it now what he's referring to is the Jews. 
And he's saying, to th- what he's basically saying, we're going to get into that, is if you life, love your life as a Jew and you want to remain a Jew and you don't want to let down, I'm saved by my flesh as a Jew, where you are saying, I want the fruit that comes from the resurrection of Jesus, you lose your life. But if you are willing to lay down your life, you are willing to say, well, I see now Jesus was raised from the dead and salvation is through the resurrected Christ unto whosoever the Father brings to him, be they Jew or Gentile. It's not a Jewish thing anymore with laws and all those kind of things, but it is through faith in Christ alone. And if you hate your life in the flesh, in other words, when you came and come and say, I hate this life where we Jews are separate from the rest and where it's about legalism and law and confidence in the flesh and all that, I hate that life. I don't want a life defined by the flesh. I don't want a life defined by ethnicity. I want a life defined by the resurrected Jesus. That person's life will then be kept forever. Then it says, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. Now, this is very important. He says that where he is going to a certain place. But where he's going, if you follow me, if you obey me, if you listen to me, where I'm going, you also will be. Very important passage. Now, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you. So in other words, the context is now, you're following me, you're listening to me, I'm giving you a new commandment. He was already telling them, listen, if you love your own life, And if you don't want to lay down this old thing, the Greeks are coming in now. You need to realize that I am being resurrected here and and things are going to change. I'm going away. You know, you have to believe upon me. That is what's what's taking place here. This is John 13, 34. I'm going to just read it. I've got a slide there, but I don't want to read it from the slide. I want to read it from the from the text. There's more that I want to get out of that. Listen to this. This is now from verse 31. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him with himself and straightway glorify him. So what he's basically saying is, Jesus in his willingness to lay down his life, to enter into death, willing, this was just now with Judas denying him uh, or, or betraying him, and he took the bread, dipped it in the oil, gave it to Judas. Judas's heart was filled with Satan. And then, remember, Jesus did all these things. These things took place. There Judas went, and Jesus was willing. And he said, go and do what you must do. So what he's saying is, I'm willing to lay down my life. He says, in the willingness of me to die and take your sin and heal you from that, enter into your death, the Father is glorified. What he means by that is God is seen as a good Father because he's sent me and now his, the view about who God is in sending me is going to be a great view about the Father and he's glorified in my action. Then it says, if God be glorified in the Son, God shall also glorify the Son with himself, meaning, you see that in John 17, where he prays, is glorify me with yourself, with the glory I had before the time. So he says, if I go and die, the Father will raise me from the dead. And he straightway will raise me, meaning I will not see decay. My body will not rot in the grave. Before that has happened, I shall be raised. Then he says, little children, yet a little while I'm with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you. So all of the new commandments got everything to do with Jesus dying and being bodily glorified. And then from chapter 12, what he's saying there is that those who follow me will be where I am, but now you cannot go. So you need to continue to follow me. You need to continue to to obey my commandment. And then he says here, a new commandment I give unto you. And then the word that there and Thyre 
says that that word is causative. It means so that you can love one another. So he's saying, I am bringing something new that will end the division between Jew and Gentile. And should this new can come, which is the resurrection, the death and the resurrection of Jesus and salvation for both Jew and Gentile is not in who in your flesh anymore, but only in the resurrected Christ, then the enmity between Jew and Gentile will be ended. That's what the Bible says. The enmity, the law and commandments is ended in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So a new commandment, this is what you used to obey the laws. You used to do all those things, but I'm giving you a new commandment now. And this will, this commandment will end enmity between Jew and Gentile. That is what this is all about. That yeah, I'm not so sure. Well, <laughs> let's see if you can lay down your life the way Jesus laid down his life, being crucified and all those things. I mean, if that, if that was what Jesus had meant, if loving your neighbor is the commandment that we have to obey in order to be saved, why give Jesus? Because already in the old, in Deuteronomy 19, it says the express words just like this, love your neighbor as yourself. It's already there. How can love your neighbor as yourself if it's already a commandment in Deuteronomy 19 be a new commandment? It is impossible. It was given long before Jesus already. Love you, uh, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. That you love one another. It was a commandment of the law already. So how's the new commandment? You see, the new commandment is something else. The new commandment is that which will enable you to love one another which means to end the enmity between Jew and Gentile, where we will be see as, seen as one. And that is found in 1 John 3, verse 23. And it says, the Bible says, remember Jesus says, a new commandment I give unto you. John, 8, John, John 6, um, 13. A new commandment I give unto you. What is this commandment? And this is the commandment, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he gave the commandment to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so what is the commandment that God is giving? The commandment that Jesus gives, the new commandment was, now you believe in me. You believed in God, but now I want you to believe in me. Believe in me, for where I am, you will also be. Maybe not now, but I go to my Father to prepare a place for you. And when I prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to where I am. This doesn't talk about leaving the earth. Jesus went into immortal bodily glorification, where he was glorified bodily with the fullness of God. Then he said, Right now, you cannot go there. But all you have to do is continue to believe on me. As you continue to believe on me, that you can go and study, John 14 is all about that. And John 15, without me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. How do you abide in him? You continue to believe in him. What is Jesus' commandment? Abide in me. Believe in me. Believe that I died, that I died for both Jew and Gentile, that I was raised from the dead, and that eternal life is for whosoever the Father gives me to raise up in the last day. So the new commandment here is to believe in the name of, the, of his Son, Jesus the Christ, and to love as we believe in the name of the Son. How do you believe, how do you love as you believe in the name of Jesus? When you believe Jesus is Lord or the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, that would mean Lord means ruler over Gentiles, Jesus Savior, Christ means the Messiah of the Jews. So the ruler over the Gentiles, the Messiah of the Jews, which is the Savior, the ruler over all, the Savior. That's what it means. He who believes in that name and love one another as he believes in that name, meaning that they acknowledge that Jesus is not only the Messiah of the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. That's what it would have meant to love one another 
as Jesus has loved. How did Jesus love? I'm thinking of the passage where it says that um, he didn't count it robbery, although he knew he was equal with God, to lay down his life. And that is also what is said in John 13. The Bible says, and Jesus, knowing that the Father, that he comes from the Father, the Father has given him all things, and knowing that he's returning to the Father, took a towel and served the disciples. What it means is, Jesus, knowing that eternal life belongs to him, was then giving it or serving his people with it, those that God has given him. God gave him disciples, and those that God has given him, he served with this message. So what Jesus is actually saying here, church, is that, and he's warning the disciples, he's saying, listen, I'm going to bump this glass over here. I'm getting too excited. <laughs> he says, listen, man, I want to warn you, you, you Jews now, I'm bringing the Gentiles in. The Father is giving the Gentiles as well. And as I've washed your feet, the beginning of John 13, I want you to serve them as well. Peter said, wash my whole body. Jesus says, you already clean by the fact that the Father has given you to me. That would mean the Gentiles is already cleansed. Don't call unclean what God has called clean. They already cleansed, but their feet needs washing, which means serve them with a message of God's grace. That is what it's all about. You love your neighbor by telling him the gospel. You love one another by not excluding any race from salvation. That is what that passage has got all about. It is not a, a message wherein we have to get into all this, uh, our definitions of love that we feel, yeah, you know, he didn't love me because he was rude. And now I'm going to cry because somebody was rude to me. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. The love here has got nothing to do with, with, with not speaking truth or um, not being bold or standing for what you believe in as pertaining to the gospel. It's got nothing to do with that. It is not written so that the church would forever feel guilty, man. This is something that is founded in race it's founded more than race ethnic groups it's founded in jew gentile that's what it's about because john chapter 12 is found in greeks coming and then he talks about glorification then he goes on and he talks about glorification again and then he says you need to love all people because the context is the greeks are coming in and you I've given a new commandment and this commandment is that I, by my resurrection, draw all men unto me and you, I want you then from that truth to be empowered to not exclude the Gentiles of the salvation plan. That's what that verse means. Hallelujah, man. <laughs> Context means something. I heard N.T. Wright say this, and I like what he says. He says, teach your kids the Bible while they're young. And learn the Bible while you're young. Because when you come old, become old, you struggle to remember the scriptures, man. You struggle to remember the stories and the contexts. So do it while they're young. And I tell you, I'm just going to, that's what I, uh, uh, I just decided I'm going to, I heard him say that, and I'm going to get that to my kids so whenever you have kids, this is what you're going to do. And that's what I've done with my children. Man, I indoctrinated them. Hallelujah. Some might say, you're a crazy man. That's what I did. Hallelujah. I, I, they, they thought that a nice movie is to watch the Jesus for. Good. I can draw on anything in the Gospels. They have seen it in the movie about Jesus about 400 times. That's good. Hallelujah. They know about Abraham. They know about Moses. If you've got kids, man, get the gospel to them from small. Make it part of your life to watch Jesus films. The Jesus film. Uh, we had the gospel according to Matthew, a friendly Jesus. Can, I'm sure you find it on YouTube, the gospel according to Matthew. And we would, they would just watch it and watch it and watch it and watch it. 
And as you see all of these things, when you talk to them about it, it is so imprinted into their mind. It's so great. And then to find context to what is said there brings such a liberation. Doesn't it bring liberation when you see the context of John here? That you need to love one another. A new commandment I give to you, which is to believe upon me. Okay, now, I want to continue and I want to just, in the last part of this message, explain to you the commandment that was given unto Jesus. Because Jesus also received the commandment. Now, well, glory to God that Jesus has a commandment. Because we know he's going to obey that commandment. And if that commandment includes saving me, I'm going to make it. If he keeps it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I would rather live by the obedience of Jesus than my obedience to the law. Rather live by the obedience of Jesus, my friend. Right. I want to go to John 6. And verse 28, they come to Jesus, they asked him what they must do to work the works of God. In other words, God has got a work, and to work what God is working, that's what they're talking about. What must we do to get what God is doing to manifest? That's what they're basically saying. And Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God. This is what God is busy with, and this is what he is busy doing through me. And what he's trying to get you to do. That you believe on him whom he has sent. That is the work of God. So, the work that God works in the world is to get people to believe on Jesus. So the Father is trying to convince people and working in the hearts of people all the time. is prodding them in the heart. So that they would believe on Jesus. That's the work of the Father. So once you've believed on Jesus, you've worked the work that God is working. Amen. You say, Bertie, but that sounds easy. That sounds possible to do. That sounds as if I, I start to feel a little bit better about myself and it feels as if I'm, I can be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. I told you this is going to be good news. Listen to what Jesus come to do. So if Jesus came to do something, it means that he has received commandment of the Father to do it. So what does he come to do? I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will that has sent me. So the Father gave Jesus commandment, go and do something. What did the Father tell him to go and do? That all which he has given me I should lose none, but should raise it up at the last day. So what he's saying is that all that is given unto him, that none of them would have eternal death, but that they would be bodily raised from the dead in the last day. That is the will of Jesus. Oh, that is the will of the Father. That's the commandment. So the Father gave commandment unto Jesus and say, I'm going to give you people. People are going to start to believe in you. It would be because of me that has drawn them unto you. Those that respond to the inner voice that I speak to them will come to you. And your job is to conquer physical death for them and assure, give the assurance that they will be bodily raised from the dead. That's it. So I'll bring them to trust you to do that for them. But that's what you must come and do. And this is the Father's will which has sent me. That all which he has given unto me, I should lose none, but I should raise up in the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up in the last day. Hallelujah. So what is the scripture saying here? The scripture is saying, and Jesus puts the emphasis there on everyone this is also john john puts the emphasis on everyone and then you find john telling stories telling stories and then all of a sudden john 12 the greeks come and they want to meet with jesus 
All of a sudden we find bodily resurrection language now. All of a sudden we find the glorification of man. We find these very powerful scriptures from John 13, 14 onwards. I'm going to my father and I will bring you later. Stay in me. You'll abide. Fruit, fruit will come forth in you. John 17, father, I say not to take them out of the world, but protect them. And, you know, I, I want them to be glorified. I want them to know bodily immortality. John 17, all those things, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But the change comes when the Greeks come. And the focus is all that is given. All. So if Jews come and they believe, what's Jesus' command? Give unto them eternal life. If Gentiles come, what was the commandment unto Jesus? Give unto them eternal life. So if they come to Jesus, what must they receive from Jesus? Eternal life. So what does Jesus tell them? Trust me, I'll give it to all that believe upon me. And he says, this commandment to trust me, which is to believe that I've conquered death and since Jew and Gentile is dying, will put you in a place that you can love all people. And this is what I want you to do, not to exclude anybody. And my death on the cross, ending the enmity between Jew and Gentile and my resurrection, who is for whosoever believes. John, John is heavy on this, man. John 1. Listen to this. Jew Gentile message. <laughs> he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. But as many, he came unto his own, talking about the Jews, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, now he's referring to Gentiles here, as many, whosoever could receive him. So who would receive Jesus? Those the Father sent to Jesus, and that was of Jew and Gentile. And the commandment is this, that I will raise you up in the last day, trust me. This is the commandment, to believe on him whom, whom God has sent. That's the commandment. The work of the Father is that you believe in Jesus. So what is the commandment of the Father to you? Believe on Jesus. This commandment is given unto you that we can now not see a division anymore between Jew and Gentile, but that the enmity between Jew and Gentile can end now so that we can live in love towards one another. I tell you, you cannot imagine the hatred there was between Jews and the Samaritans. Jews, when they would touch Gentiles, would go and wash themselves, man. Imagine that. Now that's all over. I mean, all over, I mean, it's over with that. <laughs> it was all over everybody, but now it is over in that Jesus has come to end that. Glory to God. So, a new commandment I've given unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, love between people, how does that happen? We find that in Galatians chapter 5. Once you have believed on Jesus in his resurrection, Gentiles have believed on Jesus and his resurrection. They receive the Spirit. We receive the Spirit. We know we're not saved by our flesh. The Jew-Gentile thing has ended. It is now all about Jesus and what he has done, glory to God, we find that hatred between the groups will start to end. Because they know it's not about the flesh anymore. It's about life. And I'm going to say something very radical now. Do with it whatever you like. I would like for you to believe it and be set free. But sadly, the church is reinstituting the racism and the system that produced racism where we define people according to the flesh in the times where Jesus and John was through the writings of John and through his own words 
was ending this whole system, warning the Jews, listen, man, this thing about flesh is over. But the church now, it's all about the Jews and Israel. Now, I don't want to get into the political thing about Israel and the nation Israel, all of that. That is, I mean, do whatever you think, but don't do that and try and protect Israel as a nation because of a doctrine that says God is honoring flesh. You're reinstituting what Jesus has already ended and you will breed racism and hatred between people. Man. And you will... <laughs> the reason why the church does that is because they have not believed the gospel. That's the problem. That is the problem. They have not believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that land should not be given. I don't want to get into the political thing. Hear me. What I'm saying is if you drive your political thing because if you drive this whole thing about the pol your, your political motives is driven from the Bible in God honoring that nation. And if I don't honor the Jews, then God, I'll be cursed because he said unto Abraham, blessed are those who bless you and those kind of things. You are in error. You need a public rebuke, man. You need to be corrected. You need to get out of that whole thing. You're breeding racism. You're continuing with racism. That's what you're busy with, and you need to stop that. I'm not saying one should not do business with, with Israel, the nation there, and, and, and that country, whosoever lives there and are in that country. I mean, if there are people in there that don't believe in God, if a South African go there and he becomes part of the nation there, and he becomes an Israelite because he's immigrated and he's now living there, if that is possible, if that could be the case, then and they are now he's now an Israelite because he's living in that country as what an American can come to South Africa and you want to say let us do business with them let us not have people just kill a nation and we protect them I've got no issue with that the issue is the flesh that's the issue and the church needs to repent of that message what I'm saying is not anti-Semitic it is protecting the Jew because Racism will grow in people's hearts. Hatred will grow in people's hearts. We will, people will always believe our God is the God of the Jews and those, those are the special people and the flesh would be foc focused on. Then the Gentiles will focus on the flesh and you're not loving people. A new commandment I've given unto you that will enable you to love all people, which would mean the gospel is for all since there is no more Jew, no more Gentile. The enmity, that which is brings uh, uh, hostility between these people groups will now be ended should you believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Should you believe that it's about bodily glorification? Should you believe it's about the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ? Should you believe that this is for all people the Father has given unto Jesus and that that is all the same, calling no one unclean? You'll come to a place where you say, glory to God. We can at least now get free from what brought the greatest division in the history of humankind. Declared by Paul, the enmity contained in ordinances, the law of commandments, nailed to the cross. Hmm? He made of the two, Jew and Gentile, one new man. If Jesus makes of the two one new man, who do you think you are to separate it? By what authority? You need authority greater than God's. Now, Bertie, but this is now not fun anymore. The message in the beginning was very nice, but now it's becoming too much and I can't han handle this. A new commandment is given unto us that will enable us to love one another as he has loved us, he laid down his life. This new commandment will make me lay down if I'm Jew or Gentile. And this message should be in the church. This is the message the church is built on.
Yet, we've made too much of this whole thing. Yes, protect Israel. Yes, do all those things. Protect anybody. But to do it because they are the special people of God. And if you don't do it to them, then God's going to curse you. So you want to tell me that we should feel different about Israel than North Korea? Is that what you want to tell me? You want to tell me the Jews are more valuable in protecting and helping than the North Koreans? If that's what you tell me, you need to go and study your doctrine again. You need to go and study the gospel because you're preaching partiality and you are not understanding the love of God. That is it. I hear it's getting awfully quiet in the church today, or right now in this message. But think a bit, friends. Think about that. Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves him, who begets, <laughs> in other words, who loves God, who gives birth to people when they have believed on Jesus, also loves him who has been born of him. Okay. So God gives birth to people. These people that God gives birth to, from Jew or Gentile, we accept all of them in our mind into the very same circle. There is no difference whatsoever. No difference whatsoever. If you want to drive the Israel thing from, I'm just thinking of it right now. If you want to drive the Israel thing from a biblical perspective, you have to say that whosoever is born of God, is the son of God, because God says, Israel is my son. That the land Israel belongs to all born again people. That's what you have to do if you want to drive it from a Bible perspective. Other than that, just drive it from a political perspective. I would drive it just from a political perspective if I was you. Not from a Bible perspective. If you want to do it from a Bible perspective, you're going to find yourself trapped in the law, trapped in racism, trapped in hatred, and you will not know why you cannot be free. You will not know why you hate black people. You will not know why you hate white people. You will not know why. If the reason is, is because at the very core, you found in racism, you have not accepted the love of God. A new commandment I give unto you. This is the commandment. If you've believed on Jesus, or believe on Jesus and you shall be saved. And whosoever has believed on Jesus has been begotten of God. And who is begotten of God loves what is begotten of God. Hallelujah. We're not excluding anybody from salvation because of him not being a Jew or a Gentile. And that was what that passage means. Glory to God. So, my friend, you don't have to all the time. And I say this, and I want to end off with this. If, you, if there's somebody that you feel you need to help, help the person. It is God's voice to you. If you see your neighbor struggling and he needs help, man, help the man. Be good to the man as the love of God dwells in your heart. And if you have not obeyed the Lord in what he told you, obviously you are going to feel Man, I have not obeyed God in that sense. I should have done that. And what you do is, you go to God, speak to Him and have that sorted out. Let Him empower you. Say to Him, it happened to me when I felt that I need to do something for somebody. I don't do it. Then I feel afterwards, Lord, I should have done that. Then I don't go and throw myself down uh, into guilt. I just say, Father, I thank you that you just empower me more because I want to obey. And that, is my, and that is my heart. And then I find more and more my life getting in line with that unction that he puts in my heart. If you feel in your heart, man, you need to pay for somebody's school, do that. If you feel in your heart, you need to buy somebody a car, do it. It is God empowering you, man. If you feel to support a ministry, do it. If you feel to go and help at an old age home, do it. Whatever you feel in your heart from the love that's in your heart, just do that. 
That is a living that love. That is a fruit of the spirit that will be in your heart. And should you not do it, come boldly to the throne of grace to receive help. Don't throw yourself into sackcloth and ashes, feeling guilty and all those kind of things. Don't do that. It will destroy you, man. It is not what God's plan was for you. God is powerful enough to bear fruit in you. You just come to him. He will bear the fruit in you. No more guilt for you. Not walk, you don't have to walk in guilt all the time. The Bible says, if you ever read that passage again, a new commandment I give unto you, you read it this way. God has now given something new to us and that is to believe upon Jesus Christ and from there he wants us not to exclude anybody into this salvation plan. And we will then see the life that is born between each other from that reality. And that is what that passage means. Glory to God. I end off by reading this again. Everybody who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Hallelujah. And everyone who loves him, who begets, also loves him who has been born of him. This is John saying the same thing again. You cannot say I'm a Christian and then you hate the... the, the he was writing to Jews here in John. You can't say I'm a Christian, but I hate the Gentile Christians. With the same foundation of which there was separation that was before Jesus came with the old Jewish system. Church, let us see this. Let us believe this. The correction about Israel and the Jews and the nation. I just want to say again, I'm not anti-Semitic. I love the Jew. I love him so much that I'll speak the truth to him, that he can believe upon Jesus and be saved, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the Jews be saved by hearing the gospel, the radical gospel that saved them of the crucifixion, where Peter went and said, you crucified him. When he preached that, and who got saved? 3,000 Jews got saved. And then after they received salvation, and we find here from uh, chapter 9, 10, 11, hints of it, there in Acts, we find that all of a sudden, what God is now called pure, don't call unpure anymore. And all of a sudden, that's now linked to the Gentiles. They're not unpure anymore, meaning God was saying to Peter, they are as pure of as pertaining to nation as what you are. There's no difference. So let us not use an Old Testament narrative to drive uh, political agendas. Let's just keep it to politics and not make doctrine out of that because that hurts the church. It hurts the Jews. It hurts people. You are loved by God. Glory to God. Thank you so much that I could serve you with this message today. I trust that this has been thought-provoking and also getting guilt off your heart and mind uh, when it comes to loving your neighbor. The new commandment is to simply believe on Jesus and love as he gave commandment or have the result of that in you as he gave commandment. God bless.